Good morning. Apparently some people have already noticed and said, ooh, we haven't had a reading. Uh, well, it's one of the little changes this morning. Uh, one of the church wardens came up to me before the service and said, the vicar's away, I hope you're not going too far off east. There we are. We've moved the reading after the sermon. Really? We're starting a new series this week. Um, this week and the following four weeks throughout, we're not quite into August, but it's August-ish. And then during August, we're looking at 10 Psalms um, over those weeks. If you want the full series, you're going to have to come morning and evening, because we're not repeating the morning one in the evening. Andrew's doing a different one this evening to the one I'm doing this morning. Uh, we're doing Psalms 32 to 41, and uh, they're about a new song, deliverance, forgiveness, good news, Lord how long, love changes everything, silence, the outcast waiting, you uphold me. There we are, ten Psalms, um, but not necessarily in that order. We're starting with Psalm 32. And if you've got a Bible in front of you, or there's one in the pew, it might be advantageous to have it open in front of you to look at. You'll find it on page 560, if you need a page number. Psalms basically is in the middle, so if you open it in the middle, you're quite likely to hit Psalms. Psalm 32. little rustling of pages is always nice. If you look at the psalm in the Bible, you'll find that it says, of David, a maskeel. Of David, a maskeel. What's a maskeel when it's at home? Well, according to some people, it might be the note in the bottom of the Bible. It says it may be a literary term or a musical term. It might well be that. Um, the root of the word maskeel is to do with contemplation and thinking about things. So it's a song or a poem of contemplation, thinking about things. It comes from a root word to be prudent, to be wisely understanding. Um, so hopefully it's going to teach us something. Because if you look down quickly to verse 8... In verse 8, you'll find it begins with, I will instruct you. And the word instruct there comes from the same root as maskeel. So a maskeel is something that's going to instruct us, it's going to make us wise, it's going to make us prudent. We're going to learn, think about, understand. Hopefully. Let's pray that we do that. Father, we pray that you will give us wisdom this morning. Help us to be wise about what we hear. May we not just hear words or facts, but may we take them into our hearts and use them wisely as we learn through this psalm in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Psalm 32, page 560, let's look at it together. It begins, blessed... Whoa, let's pause there for a moment. One word in, blessed. Actually, verse 2 begins, blessed. 
Wait, wait, wait. What is this blessing? Twice, David says, blessed. What is it to be blessed? How do we think about being blessed? What does it mean to us? Is it just a throwaway remark when we sneeze? Bless you. No, it's a little bit more than that. Who do we think blessed people are? What are they like? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? They're the people who haven't got any problems. They're the people with great or at least sufficient wealth. People who are physically fit and well. They've got food on the table, a good home, strong relationships with family and friends. Yes, 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 all of the above. But it's more than that. Let's go to the dictionary. If you brought your Oxford English Dictionary with you, what do you mean you didn't? Let's go to the dictionary. A blessing to confer, it is supposed, supernatural favor, protection, and well-being. To confer supernatural favor, protection, and well-being. To be happy, to be fortunate, to be in favorable circumstances. So, the psalm begins. Blessed, happy, in favorable circumstances, under divine supernatural favor. Blessed are those whose transgressions... Oh dear, transgressions. Let's wait there a moment. Transgressions. Verse 2. Blessed are those whose sin... These words, blessed are those whose what? Blessed are those whose transgressions, whose sins. It comes up with deceit at the end of verse 2 as well. What are these? Well, back to the dictionary. Transgressions, rebellion, revolt, the act or process of breaking law or a moral code. Rebellion, revolt, the act or process of breaking of law or a moral code. Sins, the offense of breaking a religious or moral law or standard. Deceit, deception, the concealment of truth in order to mislead, fraud, or false dealing. This is not good stuff, is it? Rebellion, revolt, breaking law, breaking moral standards, concealment of truth. Blessed are those whose transgressions, whose sins... But we've missed another word. We've skipped over an important word. Blessed are those whose, whose, whose denotes possession. Whose guitar is that? Whose coat is that? Something belongs to somebody. It is their possession. It denotes which person is being referred to. So we are reading here about someone who has transgressed. 
someone who has broken the law, someone who is a moral failure, someone who possesses a record of sins and is perhaps deceitful. This is terrible. So why are they blessed? Why are they blessed? Why are these people who have transgressions, sin, broken moral law, moral failure, false stealing, why are they under divine protection? Why are they happy? Because, let's read on, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. There's the good news. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whom, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. These are people, these are perhaps you and me, who are blessed are under divine favour, are happy and fortunate because their failure and rebellion and shortcomings are forgiven and are covered and are discounted. That's the good news. So we know now who we are talking about and what they have done, sin, transgression, failure, We know what their condition is. They are blessed. They have divine favor and protection. And we know why they are blessed. Because they are forgiven. How can this be? How can this be? David goes on to explain it. Verse 2, blessed is the one in whose spirit there is no deceit, which at least suggests that there could be, or there has been before, some deceit. What kind of deceit? What does he say? Verse 3. When I kept silent, ah, when I kept silent, silent about what? Silent about my transgressions and my sins. When I kept silent, David says, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me and my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Why are his bones wasting away? Why is his strength sapped? Because he kept silent about his sin. When David was quiet about his sin, when he kept quiet about his guilt, he had psychological and perhaps even physical effects upon him. It sapped his strength, his morale, his spiritual, even his physical strength are gone. He feels that the Lord is applying some pressure to him. His deceit 
is his pretense that there is nothing wrong. But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Keeping silent pressurizes him. How many of us have felt that too? I have. We have done or not done something wrong or not done something that we should have done, some unkind word, some impure thought, some bad attitude, an inappropriate action, a broken relationship, something has gone wrong. I guess we've all been there, haven't we? And pretending that it's nothing, it's not my fault, all right? But inside, we feel guilty. We feel pressurized. We feel the weight of it upon us. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. So, what's the solution? We know who it is. We know what's happened. We know what the problem is. What's the solution? Verse 5. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. There it is. No more deception. No more self-deception. David acknowledged his failure his rebellion, his law-breaking, his guilt. He brings it to God. He said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. It was me. I did it. It's my fault. It's my failure. No more hiding, but telling the truth. That's the solution. And the result... The result is, you forgave the guilt of my sin. You forgave the guilt of my sin. David's guilt is gone. His transgression is forgiven. His sin is dealt with. So now he can say, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. That's where he started. Blessed are those whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. He is blessed because he brought it to the Lord who has divine favor to show and forgiveness to give. So, six and seven. So David's advice is, therefore, let all, who, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Let those of us who have sins, those of us who have transgressions, those of us whose God hand is heavy upon, come to God openly without deceit to receive forgiveness and divine favor. It's available. Instead of hiding our sin, God becomes our hiding place. We are secure in his favor, his blessing, 
even when trouble seems to loom. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. And the Lord says, the Lord responds to David at this point, at least that's what David feels is being said, verses 8 to 10. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts him. The Lord's unfailing love. The Lord teaches us how to live. Past failure is dealt with. Guidance for the present and the future comes from the Lord. We're not forced, like a horse with a bit in its mouth, to go where we're forced to go. But we have unfailing love towards us who trust him with upright and honest hearts. We can trust the Lord's unfailing love. And so we, verse 11, rejoice in the Lord and be glad. You righteous, seeing all you who are upright in heart. We can rejoice in God because he loves us sufficiently that when we come to him honestly and confess our transgressions, our failures and our sins, he forgives us. So how do we conclude? We asked at the beginning, what is it to be blessed? What is it to be blessed? It is to have our sins forgiven and our guilt removed and to experience the unfailing love of God. We're deep into the Old Testament, but it's not surprising that the New Testament tells the same story. In fact, if you go to Romans chapter 4, verse 7, you'll find that Paul quotes these verses. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, Paul says. And in 1 John 1, Verses 8 and 9, John tells us, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. There's the deception again. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Forgiveness is available. That's the message this morning. Receiving it begins with being honest about our need. Blessing, peace, favour with God, happiness follows. David said, I acknowledged my sin. You forgave my guilt, therefore let the faithful pray and so be glad and sing. Forgiveness is freely available just for admitting that we need it but don't deserve it. David's advice is still very good advice. Let's hear it through once more. Mary, thank you. The Psalm of David, a masculine. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. 
Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away, through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. This is the word of the Lord. (laughs) 